Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It is good to be with you. Thank you for supporting us over all of these months. We have entered our second half of our first year of the Relentless Truth with John Warren podcast. Please like, share, subscribe, and uh, otherwise support our podcast by telling your friends about us. You can go to johnwarrenmedia.com for more information. Please send your questions or comments through our comment form there on the website, or don't hesitate to write me via email at uh, john at johnwarrenmedia.com. Well, you've if you've been with us through these recent weeks, you've heard us cover a lot of ground. We, we sort of uh, did an overview of the U.S. Constitution. We talked about the economy. You've listened to me rant a little bit. We've talked about critical race theory. You've met some of my friends over these months, and most recently, we've had a great conversation with Matt Adams, the new head of school for Circle Christian School. Today, I just want to talk, if I may, about life. I hope I can encourage you. I want to. That's the goal. I know I'm at the point in the school year with my 11th and 12th grade classes where I've really gotten to know the students well by now, and uh, we we are enjoying our time together through uh, both of the subjects I teach. And for whatever reason, and this happens from time to time, and it happens to you as well, I'm sure, and I'm absolutely certain of this, where you go through phases where life seems to be going well, and then at times uh, life life just appears to be hard. And I do want this <laughs> this episode to be encouraging, but I've got to tell you, one of the one of the drivers, one of the things going on in my life for whatever reason is it it just seems like everything is is difficult. Now I I know it, it can always get worse. <laughs> And, and I know I'm not alone. I know you experience these things, but I experienced the death of a friend and it, it was kind of sudden and it really lacked a lot of a prologue. It, there, he went into the hospital with some pain and didn't come home. And uh, I would just call the whole situation peculiar. I learned the same day or the next day from my brother who lives in the Dallas, Texas area, that his wife has a very serious form of cancer, that she has been diagnosed with this cancer, and uh, she will be undergoing treatment immediately. And I, I don't know all of the details of her prognosis. I know the type of cancer, and I'm familiar enough to know that this one is very serious. And then there's, and, and so that, that causes me to 
pause and you know it, it always these things cause us to to reflect and i think about my life and and decisions i've made mistakes i've made regrets that i have you know we've talked about that in some of the early weeks of this podcast of, of relentless truth and and i i want to kind of keep my attention on who god is even through all of these difficulties and and there, there are more there I've been experiencing now for uh well, it goes back a couple of years, uh, in a professional situation, some, some, some challenges requiring discernment. And, and the way I would summarize that is to, to say that I want to be loving and decisive. I want to, I believe in uh, absolute truth and I want to honor and respect God's truth, but I want to apply those principles lovingly and well and want to be discerning. And, and you know, you, you take all of this and you put it together and it is just exhausting and sort of borderline exasperating. And one of the things I, I talk to students about uh, from time to time is the fact that the, the world is based on absolute truth. We talked about it in class last week. God made this world, laid it out with certain parameters, and some of it we understand, and, and there, there, there are certainly mysteries, but there is, there, there is truth in, in this world. It's discoverable. It's knowable truth, and there are also mysteries. And so right away, my mind goes to this, this modern it's actually called postmodern, but but this this modern philosophy, this big idea that says that you can have your truth and somebody else can have theirs, and and because actual truth, absolute truth, is unknowable, you can you can all be right. We could disagree, but we have to be tolerant with each other. And we've talked about how our society worships tolerance. But today, I want to look at something, and I'm I'm not a a pastor by any means. And this, I've gone to great lengths in this podcast, not to, not to turn it into a, a Bible study necessarily, but today I want to see if I can encourage you with some biblical context for just kind of living life. And I, I guess if I were going to give this a name, I would say this is sort of a where to go to gain encouragement to where to go when when life is tough and there there are a lot of places in scripture to go for encouragement when life is tough but there are some big ideas some some important principles that i think god has given us that we can tend to forget and i i know some of you suffer from uh, depression and and many of us experience some form of that and and, uh, and and some level of anxiety and i i realize that reading a verse or two doesn't cure those conditions but i think if i may because this has been a particularly challenging season of life for me i want to try to encourage you but one of the things i would encourage you to do if you haven't done so lately is read Paul's letter to the Colossians in the New Testament. 
And there are plenty of others to read that, that will similarly encourage you. Romans is wonderful for encouragement, particularly I'm thinking today of, of chapter eight of Romans. And we might look there in, in, in just a few minutes, but I want to focus on Colossians. And it's really interesting that Paul calls us and read the whole book. It's a, it's a small book with, I think, four chapters. Yeah, it's four chapters. And, and it's a good half hour read, hour if you go slowly and try to really absorb it all. But there's a section in chapter two that starts in verse eight that says, well, going back to verse six, therefore, as you receive Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, sorry, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So as as you received Christ Jesus, that is, by faith in him, you're, we're justified by faith. Scripture teaches us that. And I think many of us agree in evangelical churches across the country that that is how we're born again. That is how we're rescued by Jesus Christ, by faith. But it says, so walk in him. So this this walk is, is just as just as you receive Christ, walk that way after you've received him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And I'm not going to exegete this entire chapter, rest of chapter two. I'm going to read a couple more, a few more verses from it, but I think right away, the concept that jumps out at me is this, this thanksgiving. If we recognize our sinful state, the state that we're in, and believe me, this week in particular, in fact, these months, these, even these two years, as I mentioned, have revealed to me that I live in, we live in a fallen world. You don't have to go far, even if you're kind of a hearts and rainbows person and you see sort of a silver lining in everything, you know you don't have to look very far to find that we're we're in a fallen world. Even the the illness, I'm I'm watching the news and reading everything I can kind of get my hands on that I, that I can trust and respect. And sometimes I, I go a little far afield. I have a, a couple of physicians who are good friends and they, they send me the articles on, on COVID-19 and, and the, the vaccines. And one of the things that, that just happened is the Supreme court basically shot down the, the, the vaccine mandate that was going to require companies that had a hundred employees or more to comply with some new rules, some, some vaccine mandates. And, and I haven't read that opinion and I'm no expert on it, but I, I just know that there, there has been conflicting, confusing information on this virus that has been distributed. And I have friends who are definitely opposed to the vaccine. I have friends who are pro vaccine, who've been, who've been vaccinated and, and, and boosted. I have friends who say, nah, COVID's kind of like a cold for most people. I'm not going to worry about it. I have others who wear a mask wherever they go and are very careful to disinfect everything as often as possible and avoid crowds and all the rest. 
And you probably are experiencing all of that as well. Heard all kinds of theories on the origin of this virus and uh, and the the Wuhan, the lab in, in Wuhan, China being among them. I've heard that China knew, China designed the virus, or it got out of a lab, or it came from a cave full of bats, or no, wait a minute, the U.S. government is responsible for this. It started in North Carolina, and it's it's been, you know, we blamed it on China, or, or China is culpable, as well as the United States. And I hear all of that, and I, I have some friends who've, who've died from COVID-19, either from it or with it. And I, I know the CDC has just made some distinctions about a number of people have died with COVID-19, not from it. I, I get all of that. And, you know, it's just, it's depressing to me. It's, it's sad. Who would have thought, and my wife comes home from Publix, our supermarket, and says, you're not going to believe, she says this today, she said, you're not going to believe the empty shelves. It gets worse. Now, I have others who say, well, my Publix, my, my supermarket where I live is doing just fine. But there's been all this supply chain disruption and all the rest, mo- most of which is, is being blamed on, on COVID-19. And then there's talk of a new virus, of new therapeutics, of, and all of this indicative of the fact that we really don't understand everything we need to know about this virus. I, I want to know why some people succumb to it so readily, apparently. And others don't. And I understand the whole comorbidity thing and blood sugar seems to have a lot to do with it. Uh, Heart and lung condition has a lot to do with it. But all of it together is depressing. And I don't like the news stories of students who want to go to classes and parents who want their young students in class and and they're they're unable to go because a teacher union won't won't accommodate them or or they're being required to wear masks all day long at very, very young ages. And then you hear these debates on the efficacy of masks and the efficacy of vaccines at young ages and older ages. And, and, and it leads to confusion and, and lots of negative energy. Now, I am old enough. I've been on this earth for six decades. <laughs> and that doesn't seem like something that I should say on a podcast, but I've been on this earth a long time and I've seen some sad times. I remember when I was young, I, I worried about Vietnam, the Vietnam War. My my older friends, siblings of friends of mine who were older were getting drafted to go fight in some war in some horrible place. And I didn't understand the genesis of the war. I didn't understand the reason for being there. I knew there were some protests and things and, and it was a, it was a dark period. I remember trying to figure out what Watergate was later. And I didn't realize at first that it was the name of a building and that there was all this controversy in the Nixon administration and, and that the lie and the cover up were probably worse than the crime. And, and then I watched uh, our, our president get basically impeached, although he resigned and then all the turnover in government during that period. And, and, and later learned about things like, uh, gas price surges and Jimmy Carter, the Carter administration tried to fix prices and, and combat this runaway inflation with, and and the interest rate environment kind of went crazy. And I mean, there's just been a lot of calamity, but I, over the course of all the years, and, and it just makes me realize that this fallen earth is really fallen, but nothing sort of points so vividly to this as, as COVID-19 does. And I, I know it's okay. I know God's on the throne. I know 
we're going to be all right, but but I'm I'm afraid of that virus. I don't I don't want it, and I don't want anybody to catch it. And I, I've got students in my classes who have pre-existing issues of various types. Uh, they're called comorbidities in in this context, and and I I certainly don't want them to catch it. And and yet there's kind of a dark cloud. There's there's a you go from, you know, I know we've talked about the economy and I'm not going to go there again, although I, I often want to in these discussions. There's the this employment picture that, frankly, no one could have anticipated. We, we I, I think there are so many, I was talking to somebody yesterday at a, at a local company and they have, uh, oh, about 100 employees and they've got 12 open positions and and they that's a result of some lots of good hiring efforts and yet they still have 12 open positions that they can't fill and the i was talking to one of the owners it's a it's a big car dealership that has been it's got third generation family management going on in the uh, orlando area great guys and they basically said you know we'd we'd love to hire for those 12 spots, we just can't find anybody. And the owner said, yeah, I'm, I'm running the service department working 12 hour days right now. And I know him and, and believe that to be true. And so you get this news all day long, all the time, you see the signs, you know, people are looking for, for help. You know, that there's info we heard just a few days ago. Um, and by the time this episode is released, it'll be about a few weeks old, you know that that the inflation rate, the the price increase rate, is is at about seven percent now for most goods and services year over year, and and it, it all adds up to just just be a dark cloud in in a lot of ways, and I know it affects people who it affects everybody, and and it affects all of our society, all ages, all all types. I, I keep hearing about mental health issues that that are coming out of this and and like a lot of things you don't really know what's going on in terms of the big picture societal impact of these things until you do a look back six months or a year later so we're kind of just now seeing clearly a little more clearly what that first year of covid was was really all about and what some of the lockdowns and shutdowns and supply chain interruptions. We're beginning to see the impact of, of those things. And I think Christians, we in particular, still kind of separate the, I don't know, the secular from the sacred is the first thing popped into my head, but the we separate biblical truth from real life. And, and, and I do this, we all do it. And, and we, we become humanists when we look at real life and we wring our hands and, and then and then when we have a, a devotional time every day, a time of reading scripture and prayer, or we go to church on Sunday to worship, or, or, or we do other activities, we're involved in Bible studies or whatever it is, we kind of we kind of fold our hands and become spiritual then. And and sometimes we don't link those things. And sometimes mental health issues, even among Christians, can be challenging. And again, I'm not gonna fix all of that in a podcast episode, but I do want to address it. And I, I, I do want to just give a bit of advice, if I may. I, th- I believe it's biblical. I know some people are going to be put off by this, but this section in Colossians, it talks about abounding in thanksgiving. And I want my life, although I'm frustrated that it's not this way often, I want my life to be characterized by thoughtful, purposeful, intentional living. 
and I can make myself, if I choose to, to focus on certain things. I believe we all agree that we are not just these these neutral agents that are just impacted by the environment that are in. We, we have volition. We have the ability to be intentional, to focus, and I can focus on being thankful. And as I do that, a thankful heart, a person who's thankful, who realizes God's rich blessing, his grace for us, who realizes that the level of sin that we are bound by, that we are, that we are guilty of, that we are subject to in the world around us and even in ourselves, and even if we've matured some to where we are not as deeply engaged in sin as maybe we were previously, we look back on that and we experience guilt and shame. And it's hard to be focused on just being positive. You hear uh, over the years, you've heard all kinds of teaching on positive thinking and the power of this positive thinking. And that's just difficult for me to do. But but I'll tell you what, I can decide that I'm going to be thankful. And I can make a list of things that I am thankful for. But But I want you to look at Uh, the rest of this section or look at or listen to in Colossians, Paul says the following. He says, after he says abounding in Thanksgiving in verse seven, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. How about that? Takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Wow. So without a gun drawn, without a weapon, without a war, we can be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit. And I know students who are listening to this, who've had me in class for years, get sick of hearing this, but this is a battle of ideas. This whole notion that the study of philosophy and big ideas or theology is silly is just wrong. Paul is talking here about philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, taking us captive. Now, I'm not one of those who says, oh, okay, if the news depresses you, don't watch the news. No, I think as Christians, we ought to keep up with things. We ought to know what's going on in the world. But this philosophy even in the commercials we watch, even in the, the culture, even in the speeches we hear, even, even from conservatives, who, uh, conservative political operatives, this philosophy and empty deceit occurs all the time. Just for fun, or, or just to validate this, look, how, how many, look at how many lies you encounter in a week. Just look at it, just think about it, or, or stretches of the truth, or a lack of candor in advertising and marketing. Just look at all of that and look at the impact of bad philosophy and deceit on your life and my life. But watch what Paul says here, because this is, this is really interesting. It's according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. In other words, you're not living your life. If you're, if you're engaged in this, if you're becoming captive by philosophy and empty deceit, you're not living your life according to Christ. In fact, 
you're not walking in that same salvation in Jesus Christ that you were saved in as going back to verse six. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. But what, watch this next section. So, so, and not according to Christ. And then in verse nine, he says, for in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. You've been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Paul understood full well who God is, and he knew that he was the head of all rule and authority. And I know Christians, I know we know that. We talk about that. But then we live like we're desperate. We live like God is not the head of all rule and authority. If we're going to walk in him, in Christ, who's fully God, we need to recognize that he's the head of all rule and authority. And he's in us, lives in and through us. Listen to verse 11. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. The same God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is working in and through us. And you, verse 13 of chapter 2 of Colossians, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh God made alive together with him. Just read that again and again. And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. You didn't suck it up and make yourself alive. God made you alive by faith in him, having forgiven us all, A-L-L, our trespasses having forgiven us all our trespasses. So he talks at the beginning of the paragraph about not letting anyone take us captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world. And then he says that God has, down in verse 13, made us alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Now, so many truths here and so many thoughts come to mind. He goes on to say, this he set aside. He set aside our debt with its legal demands. Think about this for a second. Nailing it to the cross, he says at the end of verse 14 of Colossians 2. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So just think about this. He canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So here's what we know. We know that Christ came to this earth, was born of a virgin. We know that man sinned in the garden and that sin occurred from person to person, that every person ever walked this earth was born a sinner, born in sin. We know that God judges sin with death. 
And then we know that God sent his son to this earth, who was fully God, to be born of a virgin. Difficult to understand these concepts, but we know this to be true, nonetheless, that he lived a sinless life and he, and he was killed. He, was, he, he died on a cruel Roman cross. He was executed, conquering not just our sin, but conquering sin and death. He was raised on the third day. He ascended. He sits, after being seen by many, he, he sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. This salvation that he provided is available to us by faith. We access it by faith. We trust in him. Repenting from our sins, we turn and trust in him, and he promises it to save us. And, the, and there's this beautiful reference to this that we just read in Colossians. This he set aside, this, this our record of sin and our debt that stood against us with its legal demands, that legal demand being a death sentence. He set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. The victory has been won for us. We can live a life resting in him. Now, I do this very imperfectly. And if my wife was in the room with me right now, she would correct me and she probably wouldn't because she's gracious, but she could correct me and say, you know, you were under a little stress a couple of days ago and you started trying to grab life by the throat and going and, and fixing everything. And I thought about this. I thought about this introduction in, in the podcast today. I thought about this, this backdrop, and I thought about all the excuses I have for doing that, all, all the excuses I have for denying the truth that is in this scripture, this, the fact that, that as I received Christ, I need to walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, abounding in thanksgiving. If I, if I really recognize the state of my sin and and the fact that I am naturally doomed and I realize that he has saved me by faith and that he it is he who keeps me if I if I really come to grips if I really appropriate that if I really understand it if I if I really get immersed in that truth then I'm not anxious and obsessing and worrying and trying to grab life by the throat the way that I was. But I was nonetheless. And I'll tell you what I was thinking about as I did. I thought about the death that I mentioned, the illness that I mentioned, the COVID situation, the economy, the, I thought about some personal, smaller personal issues that are just annoying. I thought about a number of things and I thought, you know, with that as the backdrop of all times, that's a time where I should turn to Christ, where I should rest in him, rely on him, lean on him. And then I flashed back to a lesson that I've learned probably a hundred thousand times that I must apparently relearn again and again. And that is the lesson that Paul teaches in the early part of his letter to the Romans. And that is that I am wrapped up in self-sufficiency. As much as I know who God is, I know his character. I know his power. 
I know his creative power, his sustaining power. And I, I can only touch a little bit of that. I can only comprehend some of God's power, but I know enough that I should be able to rest in him. And I certainly know enough that I should not be tempted to be self-reliant. In fact, I kind of have a low view of myself because of my sin. I don't kind of have a low view. I, I do. I am a wretched sinner who is saved by grace. And you would think that that would prompt me to just never exhibit self-sufficiency or self-reliance. And yet I do it. So over in Romans, Paul talked about kind of two kinds of people. The first are the people who live self-reliant lives by not caring and living in sin. And eventually their their hearts were darkened and they, they no longer could even understand that they were sinning. They no longer saw themselves as sinners. And then the second type were kind of the moralists who, who said, I'm, I'm self-sufficient because I can be good enough. I can just do better every day. And, and that both of those lives, both of those choices, both of those paths towards self-reliance, living in sin and, and, and thinking that we can be good enough are incredibly frustrating. I don't know whether you've ever experienced this or not, but I can let life, if I try to grab it by the throat and on my own, in my own self-sufficiency, accomplish everything that needs to be, I don't need anybody, I've got this, I'm smart enough, I can do it, I can get up early, I can work hard. That, that is one miserable way to live. Now, I didn't just say don't work hard. I didn't just say don't get up early. You're welcome to do that. I do that. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. But doing that and thinking that we can accomplish something that we're unable to accomplish is ludicrous and frustrating. And it's exactly what Paul was talking about back in the second chapter of Colossians. As you came to Christ in faith, he says, walk in him and be thankful. Don't live your life by a checklist. You're going to fail. It's so funny. We've talked before about this, but we're we're in the early stages of the year where the health clubs are filling up and selling memberships. And they'll tell you, experienced salespeople there, experienced managers will tell you, yeah, you people all show up for a few workouts early in the year and then you don't come back. Or if you do, it's very sporadic. Human effort only goes so far. Your physician will tell you, and mine has told me, most people don't change their lifestyle enough to really lose weight because they don't embrace, if they need to, because they don't embrace the big ideas that are necessary to make that happen. We tend to want the fix, but not the right perspective. And so I want to encourage all of us today to just be thankful and rest in who God is. If you're new to this information and you say, what in the world is he talking about? Contact me, john at johnwarrenmedia.com. I'd love to help you start a study of scripture where you can see some of this truth. And it, and it's not, as, as I say that, if you're not familiar with it, it's not Sunday school lesson kind of truth. It's not Old Testament, just Old Testament stories. It's actual, the actual truth of God as disclosed in his word that, that is provably true, 
that you can trust and have faith in and be confident in. It is life-changing truth. But so many times, I tend to, again, lapse into self-sufficiency and go backwards for a season when life is hard and it feels like, to me, life is really hard for a lot of people right now. Now, we talked in our economics episode and a little bit in our couple we did on the Constitution about the fact that we're probably in for an economic correction. And I, I probably say a lot of things here that could be the source of some anxiety when we talk about those things. But here's the truth that we can rest in. This God that is, that is described in the Bible, this God that we've talked about who sets captives free, who you who, he says in verse 13 of chapter two of Colossians, and you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. You have been liberated. It's as if the cell you're in has been unlocked and opened and we still sit there in the cell. And so what I want to do is appropriate this. I want to recognize that I have been set free and I don't have to wallow in my sin and my guilt. I can walk through those doors of that cell and celebrate in him, celebrate who he is, because listen to the rest of it. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. I read a section in Isaiah. I'm sorry, I don't know the reference exactly right now because it's been a few days, but I read a reference that said that 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 he wrote our names in the Lord wrote our names in his hands. Our name is written in his hands. These are wonderful promises that can that prompt us to become thankful. And where I want to be, and I want to encourage you to be, if you know him, as I want to walk in the way that I received him. And I want to live a life characterized by thanksgiving, by being thankful. And I don't want that to be predicated on my circumstances. Far easier to talk about with a microphone in front of me than it is to live day to day. But I want to encourage you that the victory has been won. Your sin has been nailed to the cross. You are not a victim. You are a conqueror in him. What a wonderful promise. I hope this has been helpful. I hope that you will write me if needed. If you want to chat about this topic, it's important to to build each other up in the faith. And I want to do that. I didn't quite know how to start the podcast back in June when we started. I didn't know where it would go. I didn't realize it would be so well received and supported by people listening. Your comments, social media or via email are are so appreciated and, and so encouraging. And I hope you're encouraged today that that regardless of the circumstances we're in, that it is God who saves us, it is God who keeps us, and our reaction as we contemplate those things should be a thankful heart. A thankful heart is usually not anxious and depressed, but is encouraged in him. So be encouraged, and if I've hinted at some things or talked about some things that are 
that are new to you, even if you're you're angry right now and you say, well, wait a minute, he's talking about a God I don't believe in or how do you know that's true? Or even sometimes you hear that, well, wait a minute, you're leaving people astray, uh, leading people astray. I, I'd love to hear from you too. I, I'd love to explain the hope that is within me in Christ. So we've got some great episodes coming up, some good interviews, even some second conversations with people we talked to early on in the podcast, some updates here and there. Several of them you'll find very interesting. It is great to be with you. I hope you'll like, subscribe, comment, uh, review as appropriate. You can find us wherever uh, you get your podcasts. You can also go to my website, uh, johnwarrenmedia.com for more information. Please, while you're there, take a look at the CFS Financial tab, our sponsor. You can see the work that we do there. We are grateful for you. And I look forward to being with you again next time. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.